0: Hi, I'm Perry and you're listening to The Beauty Brains. Hello and welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real scientists answer your beauty questions and give you an insider's look at the beauty product industry. This is episode 176. I'm your host, Perry Romanowski, and with me today, filling in for Valerie, is the rarely heard from beauty brain, Sarah Bellum. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Today is our all-fragrance question extravaganza. On this episode, we're going to be answering your beauty questions about what do the terms unscented and fragrance-free mean, should you avoid fragrances in skincare products, What is the difference between synthetic and natural fragrances? And how do fragrances get chosen for products? Plus, we'll cover a couple of science stories that we found interesting in the cosmetic industry. And in the words of that famous game show host and philosopher, Steve Harvey, we've got a good one for you today. (laughs) But first, we should say hello to Sarah Bellum. Hello, Sarah. Welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, Perry. It's always good to be here with the Beauty Brains. It's good to be back.
0: It's good to hear you. So, what's what have you been keeping busy with these days? You well, still in the uh, you still in the beauty business?
1: I am. I mean, unfortunately, I I can't make a living just doing podcasting. So you know, I I have a I have a job. That but... makes one of us. I guess. <laughs> Um, But I work on the research side of the beauty industry, so I'm definitely keeping tabs on what's happening. And I just got back from a nice vacation, too. Oh, really?
0: Vacation? Where, where did you go?
1: Uh, I went to the Cayman Islands. Whoa, that's so Have you ever heard fast. of them?
0: <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Indeed, I have. In fact, oh. I just went to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> wow,
1: that's <laughs> <It's crazy>. weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, they had this one place, probably the most beautiful beach that I saw in the Cayman Islands was called... Uh, barefoot beach it was just wonderful if you ever get if you ever get a chance to go there oh yeah there's like it's and it had a long beach view just a really long beach view
1: wow sounds amazing I must have I must have missed that when I was there well
0: you look left you look right long beach just the view really it's all about the view
1: you know what I've heard I feel like I've heard that before I heard that before
0: hey you know now I don't think this has really ever come up on the show before but uh, Sarah was actually a fragrance expert and was personally responsible for the fragrance in a really big hair care brand. You you care to talk about that?
1: Sure, yeah. I used to develop fragrances for uh, a major hair care company. Um, one of the brands I worked on was Tresemme. You may have heard of, heard of them.
0: Good old Tresemme. Yeah, I worked on so, that one too. You know? Yeah,
1: so we worked with some fragrance suppliers and created a a uh, very popular fragrance for that brand. So yeah, I worked quite a bit on the fragrance. Which I think they design. still use it today. I believe they do. Yeah,
0: indeed. My
1: legacy lives on, Perry.
0: All right. But before we get into those fragrance questions, why don't we talk about a couple of stories that we found interesting in the cosmetic industry? Sarah, why don't you kick this one off?
1: Sure, Perry. Um, So I just read this morning that Gillette and TerraCycle partner to make all razors recyclable nationwide. And I don't know if our listeners know this, TerraCycle has actually been around for a while.
0: So what's TerraCycle?
1: So basically, it's a company where they send you an envelope, like a bag, where you can Throw all of your beauty product waste, so the packaging waste, and send it back to them and they will recycle it for you.
0: So it's like in the mail then?
1: Yeah, it's through the mail. Um, So they're not a new company. They've been around, but I think their partnership with Gillette really just kind of puts them on a bigger playing field. that's going to obviously drive awareness, and Gillette is also aiming to make recycling easier by offering drop-off points for consumers. And if you are part of the Gillette subscription program, they'll offer you some opportunities to recycle as well. Wait, so, Gillette
0: has a subscription program? They do. Uh, so they just copied off of like Harry's yep, shaving? Yep, exactly, or <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, um, when something works.
1: You know, but Gillette's been struggling. You know, sales-wise, it's a competitive market, so. I think this is their attempt to kind of stand out. But I think plastic waste is on the minds of consumers. I don't know if you've noticed, Perry, but you can't even get a plastic straw
0: anymore. Uh, that's right. In the Cayman Islands, they had all those cardboard straws. Yeah, yeah. And
1: so listen, I think I think it's great. But, you know, the challenge is, as a society, we're still lag behind other countries in terms of our recycling mentality, I guess. So this still ultimately puts the onus on the consumer so we'll see. We'll see how largely Gillette promotes it. Um, they're claiming they're committing to having drop-off points at a variety of different retailers and um, just public spaces beyond retailers. So still, you know, it remains to be seen. But I, I, I like where their head's at, honestly. Um, so we'll see.
0: I tell you what, if all the uh, razor users were like me, this wouldn't be much of a problem because I change my razor what once a year. <laughs>
1: disposable razors yeah, yeah they had I mean, disposable one are the last like two months
0: i mean you know it's sure it gets a little it, it hurts a little bit more after a couple of months but yeah. you know they still they still you should come. ask
1: your wife to buy you some new razors <laughs>
0: <laughs> indeed <laughs> All right, well, we we do have another one of a story that caught my eye. In the United States here, there's this claim in the United States that there's no regulation of cosmetics in the United States. This is just wrong. The cosmetics in the United States are regulated. They're regulated by the FDA. Now... While they are regulated by the FDA, uh, our regulations are certainly not as uh, strict or cumbersome as the regulations in the EU, and there are people that are looking to change that. Recently, Senators uh, Dianne Feinstein and Susan Collins introduced the Personal Care Products Safety Act. And that aims to give the FDA, which is the regulation body in the United States that regulates cosmetics, to give them a little bit more oversight and more power where they can do a number of things like recall products that threaten consumer safety. Right now, all the FDA can do is send a letter, a threatening letter, of course. And the reality is that When a company gets a threatening letter from the FDA, they pretty much take a product off the market. It's never really good for business to leave it on. Also, this bill will ensure that people have to follow good manufacturing practices and and a number of other things. Another thing that it does is it requires the FDA to do some safety testing on specific ingredients. And they list five ingredients that they were uh, specifically going to have them test in the first year, urea, diethyl phthalate, uh, methylene glycol, propylparaben, and quaternium-15. So what do you think of that, Sarah, that the FDA is going to test these products, these ingredients actually?
1: Well, I mean, these ingredients have been tested. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I understand where people are coming from to some degree, and I think you know, big leading manufacturers are really already doing all of these things. And then some to me, it's some of these smaller players, you know, what I call the DIYers, maybe selling products on Amazon with, you know, Etsy
0: or something. Right. I
1: mean, people, you know, brands that are kind of flying under the radar and admittedly will probably still fly under the radar i don't know if the fda has the capacity to 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 really go after every brand but you know those are really i think the the worst offenders in my opinion even though big brands sort of get uh, they're the, ones the that backlash, get the line, yeah. yeah, they get the backlash, but really it's some of these smaller players that aren't necessarily following these good manufacturing practices. They're not necessarily following uh, label requirements. So uh, like I said, this to me, this doesn't sound that groundbreaking, really, but I don't know, what do you think? It's
0: it's getting a lot of news. I, there's two things I think about it. First of all, the big guys are already doing all this stuff. Right. And so of course they're behind it because it's not really affecting them at all. Sure. But it also gets them to places like the Environmental Working Group can point to this and say oh look we got this bill passed And the big companies can say, "Oh, yeah, look, this bill passed, so everything's safer." Even though products aren't going to be any different, because um, (laughs) this doesn't require anybody any changes. All it will do is keep uh, little guys and bigger guys. It'll just cost more money to start your own cosmetic brand, and and it's not going to really affect safety. What I find most amusing, though, is that they're going to. This bill requires the FDA to uh, evaluate a minimum of five. Ingredients and personal care products every year. Okay, so yeah, yeah, hooray. Well, I looked at the latest copy of the INCI dictionary, it has over 20,000 ingredients. <laughs> so, at that rate, we'll have all the ingredients tested in the next 4,000 years.
1: <laughs> Progress, Perry. Progress.
0: All right, shall we move on to questions?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Like I said, it's our fragrance extravaganza. We got Cerebellum, fragrance expert to the stars. <laughs> and here's our first question. It comes from Sheila. Now, Sheila says, can you talk about the terms unscented, fragrance-free uh, for sensitive skin? What differentiates these products and other products that are not necessarily for sensitive skin and when most of the ingredients are really the same?
1: it's a great question um and it can be a little confusing you know I think people assume unscented and fragrance free mean the same thing but actually they do not so as you might know Perry a lot of products without any fragrance they don't actually smell that great yeah, they if smell
0: like melted crayons. <laughs> yeah have... i mean
1: a surfactant you know based product like a shampoo or a body wash and really the inclusion of fragrance at the kind of the beginning of the personal care industry was really for a functional reasons to cover the base odor of the product. So, you know, you look at unscented claims, so uh, all that really means is there still is a fragrance, or as we would call a masking agent, really just to neutralize the odor of the base product. So as a consumer, it might not smell like anything to you or have a very neutral neutral odor. But really, there is likely some sort of fragrance ingredient in there that's aiming to mask the odor of the base. So, if you are just sensitive to scent, if you don't care for a strong scents, this might be a good option for you. If you truly are concerned about fragrance sensitivity on your skin, you should be aware that unscented products can still have some fragrance ingredients.
0: It's kind of those are kind of like those uh, Bose noise canceling headphones, right? Where the fra- the unscented fragrance is put in there to sort of cancel out the natural fragrances, right? So. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. So. Um,
0: Which, incidentally, those headphones are wonderful if you're flying.
1: Mm, indeed, indeed.
0: <laughs> not that we're sponsored by Bose or anything. We're yeah, not. But yeah. so, <laughs> I was...
1: If Bose is listening, we'd be happy to take a pair of free headphones.
0: <laughs> I tell you, I was always skeptical about those things. They seemed hokey until I put some on. i was like, Wow, this really cuts down the plain noise. It does. Just like an unscented fragrance (laughs) cuts down the formula fragrance noise.
1: Exactly. Now, a fragrance-free claim, on the other hand, truly means fragrance-free. So you'll find a lot of fragrance-free claims in products that don't have a really strong base odor, so products maybe like a a skincare cream, eye cream, um, body cream. You generally won't find fragrance truly fragrance-free cleansing products. It would be a bit off-putting to consumers. Fragrance-free claim does mean fragrance-free, but if you did smell a fragrance-free shampoo, it might not be super pleasant. Though I will say I know that Lush makes some fragrance-free products, and then you can either add your own fragrance, or I guess just live with the odor of that base product. It's not super pleasant, but you know if you really are adverse to fragrance, you'll want to look for a fragrance-free claim as opposed to just unscented.
0: Let me ask you this. Say a company wants to say fragrance-free, and then they say, let me put in an essential oil. Could they still Mm. say that they're fragrance-free?
1: That's a good question. I'm not sure I totally know the answer to that. I think if you say fragrance-free, and you have an essential oil, then you need to offer some sort of functional benefit for that essential oil, which, you know, that's another sort of slippery soap, but slippery slope. But if you're using an essential oil, maybe to say something like calms your skin is something like that. I think you could have some leeway, but it's definitely blurry. And maybe this is where the personal care safety act could have <laughs> some harder guidelines. Right. But, you know, an essential oil is quite frankly, I would be more concerned about the than most fragrance ingredients, they can be very irritating, particularly something like tea tree or mint, which are known irritants.
0: Yeah, and tea tree oil is quite smelly. Quite smelly. <laughs> this other part of the question about formulating for sensitive skin, uh, are the formulas really any different?
1: From a fragrance perspective?
0: Yeah, or just even from a formulating standpoint.
1: Well, I would think from a fragrance perspective, you know, I think people do associate scent with being an irritant. So you'll find that sensitive skin products tend to be unscented or fragrance-free for, right. for face or lighter on the scent. We're seeing some products and even in like household cleaning products that are really what we're calling lightly scented. You know, I think what's happening is there's sort of a scent overload, really. There's so many heavily scented products in personal care, household your cleaning products, your air care products, that people have become a little adverse to scent. So we are seeing a movement really across a lot of personal care and household categories towards lightly scented products.
0: Wait a a second. I'm supposed to be using products for my ears? Air care products, air care, oh. air care, oh. Oh, Perry.
1: Oh, sorry. my goodness! Sorry. Air care, also known as air fresheners and candles.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So, not <laughs> it's what we say in the biz. So not, so I,
1: I mean, biz. I thought you would know. But.
0: Sorry, not wax in the <laughs> air Maybe
1: air. you do have wax in your ears, that could be another issue.
0: <laughs> I, I probably do. If you look at a formula, Sheila makes a good point. They mostly use the same ingredients. Um, and and the reality is. There's no specific definition about what sensitive skin is. It's really subjective, right? Very, yes. And so from a formulation standpoint, maybe you make the products a, a little lighter feeling so it doesn't feel as heavy, And it's but it's, these are all kind of psychological effects. Exactly. There. Isn't that really, from a formulation standpoint, something that you would do differently to affect... A sensitive skin because there's no real definition of what sensitive skin is
1: exactly you'll find that they'll be lightly or unscented they probably don't have any dyes they'll often come in white packaging <laughs> right. um, so really yeah to your point it's more psychological than anything but it is consistent with kind of this clean label trend we're seeing in beauty where less ingredients um you know less pa- less words on the packaging in right. general sort of indicates that somehow it's safer
0: Exactly. All right. Shall we move on to our next question? Sounds good. We've got an audio question. How Ooh, about we take that's a listen. Fancy. Listen
1: now. Hi there. I'm a huge fan of the show and follow your Instagram page. I am a beauty fanatic. I love makeup and all things skincare, but hate the marketing that goes along with it. My question for you guys is around irritating ingredients. I know there are things like essential oils, like lavender uh and some other things that are touted as irritating and that you shouldn't um have in your makeup and skincare I get most of my education from you guys, but also Paula's choice, and she's pretty extreme about no fragrances and no essential oils anywhere and anything. I'm curious what y'all's opinions are, and if an essential oil is listed as like a fourth or fifth ingredient, is that okay to use for most people as long as we're not seeing a reaction from it?
0: Thank you. All right, Grace, thanks for that question. And uh, she, Grace, actually sent a, the uh, an email version of this, a written version, which was helpful. And in that, she actually provided a few links to some uh, scientific papers that Paula's Choice uses to justify their advice. Hmm. It, this is really an interesting study, and it's it's one that we've actually stumbled upon in the past. Uh, people have asked this before, and now I know that Paula has been against fragrances in skincare for a long time, right? And while she makes a reasonable argument for avoiding fragrances, I personally think she goes a bit too far in the advice to avoid fragrance and skincare products at all costs. It just seems overly cautious to me. So let's go through what Paula's position is on the fragrances in skincare first. Uh, So on the the Paula's Choice website, she has a post titled, Why Fragrance-Free Products are Best for Everyone.
1: Oh, well, okay.
0: Now Now, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, of course, but her basic arguments is this. First, she says, fragrances are known to be sensitizing to all skin types, so you should avoid them. And she also adds, also, not all sensitizing reactions are noticeable, so you might be damaging your skin without even knowing it. And so, for those two reasons, everyone should avoid fragrances in their skin products. Hmm. Now, I don't exactly disagree with the, those first couple of statements, right? It's true that fragrances can be sensitizing to all skin types, right? Your skin type doesn't immunize you from being sensitive to a fragrance ingredient. Okay. So I agree with that. but And then maybe there is some reaction that you're having that you don't notice. Maybe your skin doesn't turn red, but like on a microscopic level or something, you're experiencing inflammation, invisible really i'm just saying it's possible right
1: i guess i mean that seems
0: i mean there's some biochemical markers that might be switched on but not to a point where you notice anything right okay all right but i have to really disagree with the conclusion that everyone should avoid fragrances so let's dive a little deeper into her specific arguments So if you read through this article, the first claim that she makes is that, well, it's well known that fragrance is a common sensitizing ingredient for all skin types. Now, this isn't exactly correct, right? She uses fragrance as like this single ingredient, but fragrances are made up of dozens or even hundreds of ingredients. So... Now, it is true that some of the, those ingredients and fragrances might be sensitizing to different skin types, but to say that all fragrances are sensitizing to all skin types, that's just not true. Now, this isn't exactly what she claims, but it certainly is implied here. And there are plenty of fragrances made up of ingredients that will not be sensitizing or cause any reaction to the vast majority of people. In fact, most of them are like that. Another claim that is made is that fragrance imparts scent through a volatile reaction, and that it is the, this natural reaction that causes the skin sensitizing reaction on the skin. Again, this is not exactly correct from a science standpoint. Now, I may be maybe I'm being a little pedantic. You can tell me, Sarah, but
1: yeah, I'm inclined to be uh, with you. This seems a little, just a little bit of a stretch.
0: Well, the thing is. Volatility is not a chemical reaction, right? In fact, volatility means that the molecules are coming off of your skin. Yes. So that's, a, that's actually a good thing because if it's not on your skin, it's not causing a reaction, right? Right. Volatility is a physical process in which uh, the molecules essentially evaporate. Exactly. Um, it's just like water evaporates. The thing that causes the sensitization is when molecules bind to the receptors on your skin and that is what causes the sensitivity. It's the volatility of an ingredient is not causing any sort of sensitivity.
1: Yes, that makes sense.
0: So what is responsible for the sensitization of these molecules is a reaction with your own immune system. so the fragrance material or You know any other ingredient that you might be sensitive to, Uh it binds to receptors on your immune system cells uh, in the skin and that ultimately leads to a reaction like redness, swelling, or inflammation. Yes. Now, if you don't happen to have a cell that has a receptor that's gonna react with a specific ingredient in that specific fragrance, then there's not gonna be any immune reaction that'll take place. The ingredient is just gonna evaporate off your skin uh, maybe get into your nose where you smell it, yay! And or into like the the nose of somebody else on the L, and they're like, oh, these people with their own fragrances. <laughs>
1: I listen. I would love to smell a pleasant fragrance on the L.
0: Right. I mean, okay, um, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no, who doesn't disagree with you there? <laughs> anyway, that that little molecule will go off into the space, and it'll be never heard from again, right? <laughs> And you'll be like the 95 to 98% of people who experience no problems when using skin products that have fragrance in them, right? right? So if you look at the numbers of sensitivity to uh, fragrance molecules, uh, the paper that Paula Bugan even references says about 1.7 to 4% of people have a reaction to fragrance ingredients. That's not a lot of people, right? No. All right, now we get to the next claim. Uh, They say that even if you don't show any signs of being abrogated by a fragrance in a product, there could be some silently occurring damage (laughs) going on under the skin that you just don't notice. That sounds alarming, Terry. (laughs) (laughs) They further claim that this will build up over time and cause worse problems in the long term. Wow. Now, this is just a conjecture, and no proof is really given. And while it may be true that there is some invisible damage being caused, there just is no proof offered that people who use fragrances in their skincare products have worse skin years later because of it. And I just, I doubt that it is true, or or at least it's true in any kind of measurable way.
1: Right, right.
0: They do offer up an analogy in that article where they say, of course, not wearing sunscreen, about not wearing sunscreen. They say, well, sunscreen over time damages your skin, right? Even if when you're young and you get sun damage, that's going to affect your skin when you're older. But the thing is, that's that's different, right? Sun exposure damages the DNA in your skin cells and stem cells that make your future skin cells. And so you could see there's a reason why that would affect your skin in the future. Um, sensitivity to a fragrance uh, molecule is an immune response uh, and that's not going to have long lasting damage the same way uv exposure so that analogy really is just And so
1: she's saying you shouldn't wear sunscreen or should i
0: you you should wear sunscreen because sun you can protect your
1: oh Oh, well at first i thought you said wearing sunscreen damages your skin
0: no i'm sorry not wearing sunscreen Uh, damages your skin sorry Right. Sorry,
1: it was you know a lot, right. <laughs> it <was> a <laughs> and it lot. also seemed ridiculous. So if she, I was worried that she was trying to promote not wearing sunscreen. So. No, no, no,
0: no. See, Paul is all about wear sunscreen, okay. but it's just the analogy that you know right. sun damages your skin. She's and,
1: equating sun damage to this invisible fragrance
0: damage. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So it's it's a big stretch. if You yeah. ask me. Yes. 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 Uh, now, if they wanted to prove that this, they could compare. Two people with the same genetic, like twin study, and they say, you use a fragrance product all your life, and you use an unfragranced one, and we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, that seems unlikely. I don't (laughs) think that's going to
0: happen. The bottom line here is it's not really wrong for if you follow Paula's advice to avoid fragrances in your skincare, right? Right, right. But if you're one of the 95% plus people who have no negative reactions to fragrances, then you're not really helping yourself which, yeah. You know, you're yeah. just using products that smell worse <laughs> and right. you enjoy and for it less, top right? Probably
1: are more expensive. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
0: Exactly. The position to be fragrance free, it's a unique marketing position and it carves out kind of a niche for the Paula's choice products. Right. But it does kind of smack a little bit to me of fear marketing. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you like the experience of fragrances in your skincare, you know, and they, you don't have a noticeable reaction to them, I say go ahead and use them. Right. And if you got a fragrance, if you have a problem, then, you know don't use
1: them. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think fragrances are, you know, it can it can make your experience more enjoyable with a product. So if you enjoy the fragrance and you don't have a reaction, you should continue to use them. And I also think that we are seeing a lot more transparency from brands and manufacturers now. Your listeners probably know that right now, a lot of um, companies just list fragrance on your ingredient label. So it could be a fragrance that has 10 ingredients or 100. But now some brands are are moving towards transparency with fragrance ingredients as well. So it will be easier for consumers to, if they know there's a specific fragrance ingredient that they have a sensitivity to, it will make it easier for them to find that information out.
0: Yeah, I, I saw the, the big companies, Procter & Gamble, Unilever, they have websites you can go to look up a product and you see all the hundreds of (laughs) uh, fragrance ingredients there i'm not sure it helps anybody yeah i
1: i'm i don't think people really know what ingredients they are sensitive to (laughs) and we certainly know that to your point earlier the percentage of people that claim to have sensitive skin and that percentage of people that actually have sensitive skin there's a pretty big gap there so we tend to be a little bit of an alarm taking an alarmist
0: approach um but everyone likes to feel special of course (laughs) all right so we got time for a couple of more let's see here's one from dana lynn dana Lynn asks what is the difference between synthetic or natural fragrances and why would one be safer than the other
1: Hmm. That's an excellent question, Dana Lynn. So really, you know, a synthetic fragrance is something like like the name suggests that is created in a lab. You know, the, the benefits of synthetic fragrances are consistency. So that fragrance will smell the same every time. There are also fragrances that just simply can't be, you, you can't get them naturally. So a lot of fruit fragrances, for example, there's not really a fruit oil that you can collect naturally to give that same scent. So for example, like Apple, so we know there's obviously lots of products out there with Love an the apple, apple smell. You can't extract that naturally from the apple. It's just, it's just not possible. You can't just squeeze the apple? No, you can't like just apple. squeeze the apple and get that scent. Um, a lot of the floral fragrances and herbal fragrances that are natural, they are extracted from some oils, from the plant or the herb. That same case doesn't apply to an apple, for example. So a lot of the fruity fragrances that are popular with consumers are, actually not even there's not even the capability to create to get those naturally they have to be created synthetically so a lot of natural fragrances are things we've heard of like lavender or sandalwood or rose the challenge with natural fragrances um, that I think people have kind of forget about is they're not always sustainable sandalwood for example has come under scrutiny it's not that it's very expensive a lot of the ways it's harvested has not been sustainable in the past and it's really a beautiful scent but sustainability is actually leading to more synthetic that a creation of sandalwood. And collecting it in a sustainable manner can be very expensive as well. And there's also consistency with natural uh, fragrances. So depending on the soil or how much rain a certain region has, or, you know, whatever the climate conditions, lavender harvests or whatever can smell different year over year. So if you've come to expect your lavender lotion to smell a certain way, there could be some variability. So I wouldn't necessarily say one is safer than the other, though, I would lean towards synthetics quite frankly just in terms of consistency sustainability you know and a lot of those essential you know natural fragrances that are collected are more prone to causing irritation actually than synthetic fragrances so I know you know in the, in the beauty industry synthetic is associated with bad but really from a fragrance perspective there's not only just a consistency aspect and a greater you just get a greater variety of scents there's also a sustainability message that you should keep in mind as well.
0: Yeah, I would say that you can have higher confidence in the composition of a synthetic ingredient because the in in the lab we we know the starting raw materials, the exact amounts, and we know the chemical reaction that happens, and so we know the ending amount. So we know exactly what's in that. Exactly. When you get a natural ingredient, you go out there and harvest. Chemically, it's going to be different year after year, depending on the growing conditions, how much fertilizer was used, how many bees were out there. Exactly, exactly. And so, and that's going to affect like what is the chemical composition in there. Maybe one year it has more of one chemical than another. Uh, If you're making a synthetic ingredient, you know exactly what's in there. The other issue with natural ones is are that natural ingredients also. Tend to be more contaminated with microbes. Yeah. Right? Uh, Viruses, bacteria, fungi, it all can get in your net because you're outside and it's exposed to all that stuff. Whereas synthetic ingredients, they don't have that issue. So, I mean, all in all, I probably say synthetic is safer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree. You know, and I think really if you look at a lot of the fragrances in sort of more of your mass market products, it's they're, they generally are more synthetic, though. It, there's there's still natural ingredients um, that are used, particularly some floral and herbal ingredients that right. are blended. Or stuff from citrus. Yeah, I mean bergamot. There's definitely natural ingredients, and they're you know they they are beautiful scents. So a lot of times you'll get a blend. A lot of fragrances used in personal care products are a blend of synthetic and um, natural ingredients. But it's been a, definitely a marketing you know point of difference for some of the more prestige brands to say all natural fragrances or only use essential oils, but to your point, Perry, those actually can be more irritating, less consistent in terms of how they smell. And um, like I said, I think the sustainability message isn't always positive really.
0: Exactly. Better living through chemistry.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. All right. We have time for one more question. Catherine says, how do you choose fragrance for different cosmetic products? Well, so this was kind of your job, right? Yeah, it you, was. Like, it was the fragrance. So when somebody has a product idea, marketing comes to you a product idea, or someone has a product idea, you say, "How do you? What do you make this smell like?"
1: Yeah. So for for bigger companies like where uh, you and I used to work, um, you know, it was really a, a process. So our r&d people would work with our marketing department to make flush out a concept and that consu- that concept would get exposed to consumers so consumers would be like yeah i would like a shampoo that smells like strawberries right. so okay great we're going to create a strawberry shampoo and that's you kind like of an strawberry easy, right? yeah <laughs> i
0: love the strawberry creams vo5 yeah. no that was one that that's kind of an easy one when yeah. when you say oh i want strawberries and cream mm, right that's, that's then true you're like Okay, we know what right. we want. Yeah. when you say, oh, we're gonna launch uh, cortex shampoo. What is cortex spelling? Yeah, know. actually, that's
1: a good point. So really, yeah, but the the reality is whatever the concept is, whether it's a fragrance driven concept or let's say, it's a new hair thickening shampoo. So there's no fragrance associated with the hair thickening shampoo. But we know that you know consumers expect it to smell good and be a pleasant in-shower experience. Really, a lot of the big companies work with fragrance suppliers. So fragrance suppliers, we brief the fragrance supplier like, hey, we have this shampoo. Here's some of that unscented base like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Part of the fragrance job is to make sure it covers the base odor of the product with, uh, to neutralize that odor because it's not super pleasant. Right. So that's part of the job of the fragrance um so you know the other job obviously is to make sure it delivers a pleasant in shower experience but, for yeah, a cleansing support product the, support and the support concept. the concept yeah. exactly so like you know, you may think oh a hair thickening shampoo maybe that should have more of a rich luxurious scent that sort of supports that thickening aspect so ultimately we get some fragrance emissions from fragrance houses and we test them with consumers so we will give people a concept so in this case a hair thickening shampoo they'll smell some of these different submissions for fragrance houses. We'll get their feedback and we ask you know consumers not just do you like this fragrance but why do you like it. Do you think it smells expensive? Do you think it smells luxurious? Do you think it fits the concept? Do you think it's too strong, too weak? Sort of those attributes, you know, really fragrance, you know, it's an emotional experience, right? You can smell certain things and it takes you back to a memory. Um, So we really want to make sure that fragrance fits the consumer expectation of the product. So once we get that data back from consumers who have smelled that fragrance and seen the concept, we have a quote-unquote winner, and then our R&D scientists work to make sure that fragrance is stable in the product, that it'll hold up well under time, hold up over time, that it will perform in showers. So when you're when you're washing your hair, you get this great burst of fragrance, right? And it's, your hair smells nice all day. So it's really, you know, a, a pretty significant process, and involves a marketing department, R&D department, external fragrance suppliers.
0: How many fragrance submissions would you get on a single project?
1: It really depends. I mean, you know, at um, bigger companies, we generally have kind of a core list of suppliers. You may only get five to six submissions, but the fragrance houses, I should say, our fragrance suppliers, they also do their own research, their own consumer testing and fragrance houses have perfumers and they have what they call kind of account support. So getting information about the client. So, Hey, the trust consumer is a 35 to 44 year old woman. You know, who is this consumer who's using this product? So it's not just, Hey, we need a new fragrance. There's a lot of information, understanding the consumer, the target market, what our competitors are doing. You know, so all those inputs go to the perfumer sort of create this fragrance that has mass appeal, but still fits the brand, still fits the concept, and still meets the expectations of the target market.
0: And then once you get, Say those five or six samples mm-hmm. at the R and D people, we put them in our samples, and we make sure from a stability standpoint that they're going s- to exactly. smell right over exactly. time. Yeah. But we also send them out to uh, consumer testing, right? Exactly, where consumers will actually try them, and whichever one scores the best, we usually go exactly. with. Yeah, so but marketing never can make a decision, so you got to like test three of them all the way, <laughs> and then right at the last minute, they're like. We'll go with that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a long process, but um, it's an important, you know, really fragrance is one of the big differentiators in highly competitive and saturated yeah. categories. So um, it's, it's, it's always
0: depressing to me. Like I could make this great performing shampoo. The foam was excellent. It left your hair feeling wonderful. It combed well. But if you put the wrong fragrance in, nobody wants it. Yep.
1: Yep. So, you know, we talk a lot about some of the negatives about fragrance, but ultimately it's still a key category driver for most consumers. People want their products to smell good. It make, can make you happy. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's a you want to start your day with a nice shower and clean smelling hair. So, um, yeah, fragrance is important. And fragrance development really helps give, give an emotional connection to the brand and product.
0: Hugely. all right sarah it looks like i uh, have come to the end of our time thanks oh. so much for uh participating always today. a pleasure i love yeah.
1: stopping by the yeah. beauty brains uh,
0: next... how's
1: randy by the way
0: oh you know here randy has uh, gone off and retired uh <laughs> it's just uh oh,
1: that's too bad
0: that's uh, yeah. all right Hi. maybe he'll uh, poke his head in here every so often <laughs> but uh you know he's He's, he's off in California writing a sequel to the Venom. Uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well never, Andy. Next never time
0: Andy. on The Beauty Brains, we're going to answer more of your beauty questions. Um, and now, if you have a question you want to answer by The Beauty Brains, you can just. Uh, this is what we like you to do, like like Grace did. Just record one on your phone and then send it to thebeautybrains at gmail.com. So we like the uh, audio questions. Yeah, I
1: love the audio questions.
0: All right. If you get a chance, can you go over to iTunes and leave us a review? That's going to help other people find the show. And then it's going to ensure that we have a full docket of beauty questions to answer. Oh. Although I just looked at the spreadsheet. There were like 700 questions. <laughs> <laughs> we, we still do have a lot. But we do, you know, if you send in an audio one, then you're more likely to get it
1: answered. Oh, good to know.
0: You can also follow us on our social media accounts. On Instagram, we're Brains 2018 uh, On Twitter, we're at TheBeautyBrains. Um, and we have a Facebook page, too. So, Facebook, the Beauty Brains. But also, the Beauty Brains are on Patreon. If you want to support the show, Patreon is the best way to do it. Uh, this is going to he- keep the show going. And it's going to avoid us putting any of those pesky advertisements in. Um, which I find kind of annoying in other podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I listen to a ton of them. And then you get to the commercials. And you're like, ah, oh, commercials. <laughs> but, you know, they they need a way to uh support the show you know i I, honestly if the the beauty brains was making a million dollars a year randy might not have retired (laughs) (laughs) but but we don't do this for money we do this for the love of spreading the knowledge of beauty products everywhere
1: good good mission Perry.
0: well all right well thanks again for listening and uh, this is where uh, Valerie will usually do Randy's old sign off. Do you remember what it was? What is it? It's Be Brainy About Your Beauty. Oh, yeah. Why don't you say that? Alright, thanks everybody. And uh, Sarah, you got anything else to add?
1: Just remember, Be Brainy About Your Beauty. Thanks everybody. Bye. Kittens! <laughs>